The following podcast is an audio message from Harvest Bible Chapel in Rochester, Minnesota. You can find out more by visiting harvestrochester.org. The title of the message today is An Unstoppable Force. Pretty cranked up about unstoppable, the power within us, right? And uh, we're in this series called Unstoppable, the Power of the Holy Spirit. So we've been focused on the power of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody know how many weeks it is? Because I forgot to count. Anybody? Five. It's been more than that. I'm going to say this is number seven. I don't know, but I'm going to say it's seven. I think next week is eight. I think that was eight weeks on the power of the Holy Spirit. Next week we conclude our series. And so, uh, but every message has been awesome because God is awesome in his word. And so you have a copy of the word of God. You're going to open it up uh, to Acts chapter five. We're going to begin right where we left off, right? Acts five, verse 12. All right, now. An unstoppable force. Just go ahead and tell me, what would be an unstoppable force? What do you think of when I say unstoppable force? Go ahead. Freight train. train. Good. What? The Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I think (laughs) when you get green with envy, that's unstoppable. All right. What do you think of? Hurricane. Hurricane. Yeah. Tornado. Those are two things I thought about immediately. That was, that was for sure. I was like, man, I can't stop that. I, I can go up in it, but I can't stop it. Gravity? gravity? Yeah, you can't stop gravity. Well, we kind of have. Avalanche? Anything else? The Vikings. The Vikings. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for jinxing us today. I really appreciate that. In church, even. Awesome. Hey, here's the deal. Yeah, the Vikings. We'll see. Uh, an unstoppable force, it means it can't be stopped. Now just think about whatever you brought to mind. Can it be stopped? Will it end? It cannot be stopped. It's unbeatable, right? Just think about that. Man, that makes you think about unstoppable in a different way, huh? Now, humanly speaking, we're like, yeah, tornado, it's unstoppable. But, you know, we get to heaven, I'm not, sh- I'm not thinking there's going to be a lot of tornadoes, right? So in that way, it will have ceased, right? But there is something, and you're going to see it in our text, that is unstoppable. And I want to encourage you today, right? A lot of encouragement today. Because if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the church is the thing that's unstoppable. The church of Jesus Christ. And so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're attending this local church, I hope you're a member. That'd be a good godly thing to do, biblical thing to do. But like, I'm just telling you, the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It is rolling. Nothing can stop it. It's been rolling since the day Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead. And it just gets bigger, better, stronger, But they're suffering too, isn't there? For the church. And we're going to see that in the story as well. So let's just pick up in verse 12. How about that? Just keep this phrase in mind. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It's like a one point message. Okay, there it is. There's the point. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Chapter 5 of Acts, right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Verse 12. If you're there, say you're there. Excellent. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done. I mean, this wasn't a one-time thing. 
right? This is like, again today? What? This is so cool, you know? It's like a regular occurrence, regularly done among the people, they all saw it, by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. Now, all the pronouns here are kind of interesting. And they, who does they mean? Because I think we could think it's the apostles, right? But it's the believers. All the believers were gathering together in Solomon's portico. So I think that can be a little confusing. I just wanted to clarify that. They, all the believers were all together in Solomon's portico. So then that means none of the rest means unbelievers or hypocrites, as we talked about last week, right? Because there's some believers that are hypocrites. They're like, I'm not going near those guys, right? After last week. I mean, if you were a believer and you were like not doing what you were saying you were doing, if you were living it out, you weren't coming anywhere near Peter. That's for sure. You're like, I'm not going there. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to be dead today. None of them dared, right? They didn't have the audacity and they didn't have the courage to join them. But the people, now the people is who? Both. The people is the believers and the unbelievers, both, all of them. Okay. Now the people held them in high esteem. I don't really talk about my, uh, my office of pastor very much. As a matter of fact, I don't really like to be called a pastor much because, you know, I grew up in a lot of uh, churches that were kind of like, you know, they put the pastor up on a pedestal and it gets kind of weird and sideways. And so I, my reaction to that has just been like, you know, push that down, push that down. But, you know, th- this week it was really good to be counseled by, you know, leadership is held in high, re- high regard. It's in, in high esteem. And uh, too much is given, much is required. This is a high position and what's required is too big for me, for sure. Okay. But I just thought as a way of counseling you as the people of our church, um, you know, this is talking about the apostles, right? And, uh, and the believers there. But like, what about now? What about now? So I just thought I'd just throw out three verses. Just write them in the margin of your Bible or um, in, in your notes there. Here's, here's a couple uh, high esteem for leaders today. Here's a couple verses you could read this week. First Thessalonians 5. 12 through 13. I think it'd just be a good read for anybody that's in a church. Like, hey, how should my leaders act and how should I act towards my leaders? Because you know, the world doesn't really give us good on this. Not good advice on this, right? First Thessalonians 5, 12 through 13. And then first Timothy, first Timothy 5, 17. First Timothy 5, 17. And this last one's really clear too. Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. So you can just go read those later, all right? Just go read those later in your own personal time and just be encouraged with uh, what leaders do and how they should act, but then also be encouraged with how we should regard them in high esteem. I love the people that lead me. I was with Kent Shaw this week in the Harvest Training Center teaching on leadership. I love them. I love uh, Kent and James and how they pour into me, and I I esteem them highly and give them high regard for leading our... um, greater organization called Harvest Bible Fellowship. Enough on that. Let's keep moving. And more than ever, I love that. I circled that in my Bible because it just stands out a little bit. More than ever, 
more than ever before, uh, believers were added to the Lord, right? To Jesus. Multitudes of both men and women. Now, it's just kind of interesting to go back and look. Like in chapter two, it was what? It was 3,000, right? And it doesn't tell us if it was men or women, so it might have been both. And then, and then in, uh, in, in the next uh, uh, chapter here, in chapter four, it, it says uh, 5,000, but it says definitely men, okay? So we're like, we can only count the guys at this point because there's 5,000 of them and I'm out of fingers and toes, okay? Right? <laughs> and uh, then, then you get to the next chapter here in uh, uh, chapter four, verse 32, it says the full number of those who believed, the full number, like as in everybody, Right? But now he's like, it's getting a little ridiculous. All right. More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Multitudes. I mean, we're filling the temple. It's becoming a, a spectacle. It's getting crazy here. And uh, both men and women. Women are important in the Bible. I want you to know he's adding that right now. And he's saying, hey, men and women, all believers, this is a big deal more than ever. It's going crazy. It's out of control. So that they, this is how crazy it got. So that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats. Can you just visualize that? Anybody sick today? Just imagine if we just laid cots up here. Right? Just think about it. Again, I'm not an apostle, but just think about it. The, the picture is just ridiculous. They laying cots and mats out in the streets that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. What did they think his shadow was going to do? Thought the shadow was going to heal him. Now, back then in that day, they thought the sh shadow had magical uh, powers. Okay? So we know better than that. Okay? But, but, it doesn't, but, but they thought it did, okay? So it doesn't really say whether his shadow actually healed people or not. I would say no, but I, it doesn't say. I can't, I'm not going to really uh, speak to that, I guess. But this next verse clear, clears it up. The people also gathered from towns around Jerusalem. So not only did they bring the sick out into the streets, but the people from all over around all, all these towns brought, they all came back to Jerusalem, right? Not for the festival, but for what? for the spectacle, <laughs> bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits. That means what? Demons, right? This world is full of demonic presence. You could be healed from that. And they were all healed. All of them. That is astounding and powerful. I just wrote power in my margin right there. I mean, all of them healed. Bam. Did he lay hands on all of them? Did this become healed because they were close? It doesn't say, but it says this. All of them were healed. There wasn't a person demon possessed. There wasn't a person that needed healing. It was, it was, it was done. That's powerful. Wow. Keep going. Verse 17. I should have said this so you don't grow weary. I'm going to actually just preach and commentate through the whole passage first, and then I'm going to give you three pieces of encouragement for believers at the end, okay? 
Is that clear? So you like, don't have to be like all holding on to the bulletin, like, oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Did I miss it? Ah, you didn't miss it. I'll make it really clear. It'll be at the end, okay? I know sometimes I go long and see so you kind of like stressing out. But the, just saying, just saying, just being real in church. Verse 17, but the high priest, what's the noise we would make for that? Dun, 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 like, dun, 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 dun. I mean, we need some music. Like, what's going on, man? These guys are like evil. And uh, the high priest rose up and all who were with him, who was with him? Well, of course, it's a political time. So his party, okay? It just says party in the Bible right there. And, and that is the party of the Sadducees. So they had the Sadducees and the Pharisees, right? It's two parties, okay? And they're just kind of rivaling. And they were filled with jealousy. Filled means controlled. They were controlled. They were uh, gripped by jealousy. Why don't people come listen to us anymore? My tapes aren't selling anymore, you know? Nobody wants to hear my preaching. Nobody's going online anymore. Get over it, right? Who are you anyway? It's the message. That's how they were feeling. They arrested the apostles. So, they, so if you feel that way and you're in authority, you can do something about it. If you feel that way and you're not in authority, you're like, just sit on it. But if you're in authority, you can do something. So they're like, hey, you guys get over here. And they arrest them and they put them in. What did they put them in? The public prison. They're going to spend some time in jail. Right? Not, not fun. But everybody say not fun. Have you ever been in jail? Yeah. A couple people. Like I've never been in jail, so I don't know how not fun that would be, but I'm assuming their jail quality isn't quite up to our jail quality and that they're not getting like square meals, you know, or TV or cable or anything like that. Like I'm thinking they don't get exercise release or stuff like that. Like I'm thinking it's pretty much like not what we think it is. Whatever you think it is, it's not that, all right? It's much worse. All right, but it was short-lived. Look at the next verse. But during the night, an angel of the Lord, this is just, like when you read the Bible, you just gotta be like, this is crazy. This is cool stuff. I mean, three times this happens in Acts. This is the first time. An angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. Where are the guards? It did say it was during the night. Do you think they're sleeping? They're just like, you know, they can't hear the like click, 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 clank, you know, they can't hear that. Is this supernatural sleep or what? <laughs> and the angel brought them out and he said, what do you think he's going to say? What, what did Jesus Christ say to us before we left? What did he say? What, are you sure? He said, go, right? Did he say, go make disciples? All right, so what do you think the angel's going to say? Uh, go and stand in the temple. Oh, wait, 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 just a second. Do you think they interrupted the angel? I'm pretty sure angels don't get to decide what they say. God tells them. And I'm pretty sure you don't interrupt. All right? So it wasn't like, oh, wait, 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 wait a second. The temple, that's where we came from. If we go back there, we're going to be right back here. Uh, you know, it just doesn't add up, right? But they're like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Like, which you would do if an angel was right here. You'd be like, whatever you say, I'm doing it, right? And, and so he says, go stand and speak. I underline those three words. Go stand and speak to the people. All the words of this 
life. Capital life. Who's the life? Jesus is the life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is what happens to you when you come and meet Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're not the same anymore. You have a new life. You're different. And that, can I get an amen on that? I thought that was good news. Like, we're not the same anymore. We're different. We have a life now. I didn't have a life. Now I have a life. It's amazing what God does for his people. Speak about the life you have. Give your testimony to others. Speak to people all the words of this life. Tell them about Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they had a few questions. No, no. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. They're like, first, crack of dawn, here we go, we're going to teach, right? What do you think they're going to teach? Okay, I just want to make sure you're with me. What do you think they're going to teach? All the words of this life, right? I mean, he just what he said. All right, good. So thank you. All those answers were really good. The gospel. Now, when the high priest came, can you imagine the morning? Getting up, kind of like grinning ear to ear. Yeah, our enemies are in jail. We're going to go grill them today. We're going to make it happen. Like, it's get, I mean, they're just like, they're in a good mood, right? It's going to change. And the high priest came, and those who were with him, the party of the Sadducees, and they called together the council, that's the Sanhedrin, all the Senate, right? This is like a, can you, have you ever seen a congressional hearing where you got all the nasty people like behind the microphones? And then you got the person at the table who's getting grilled. Just think of that. Did you do this? Did you say that? Where's that paper? I want this email, right? I mean, that's what's going on, right? And all the people, the Sanhedrin, the, the Senate of the people of Israel, like, and they sent to the prison, bad idea, to, to have them, the apostles, brought, but the officers, so it must not have been a big job because they didn't send the temple, uh, the, the chief, right? The, the captain, they just sent the officers, the second tier, uh, the officers came, <laughs> they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported. Now these guys know what happened, but can you imagine being these guys and having to go back and report this thing? Uh, guys, um, they get to the council and they're like, hey, where are the, where are the, guys, where are the guys? Well, 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 um, sir, um, I have three, three pieces of good news and one piece of bad news. <laughs> what do you want first? What do you say to that? I want the good news, right? Yeah, give us the good news. Give us the good news. We're in a good mood today, right? So uh, uh, first thing, we found the prison. Good, good, good. That's great, because it's right where we left it, right? Good. Wait, well done. Well done. Excellent. All right. And se second, second, what, what else? Um, the doors are locked. Woo! Awesome. That is great. Locked doors. They're prison doors. They should be locked. Great. Good news. Good news. Okay. And 
the guards are standing right outside at their post. It's all good news. They're like, good, give us the bad news. What, I mean, this seems pretty good. What's the bad news? When we open the doors, there's nobody inside. Can you imagine that? Can you just get yourself in the story? Like, what? Like, they're like, ha, 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 you know, and then, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they're like, what? And it said, I'll just read it for you. And it says, and we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, <laughs> this is so crazy. We found no one inside. Like, did you check under the, st- the stones? Like, did you look around? Maybe they dug a tunnel. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed. I mean, I love that. I just have to underline. Like, they were like, what just happened? Like, seriously, they lost it. They were at a loss for words. They're just like, I don't get it. Greatly perplexed about them. Wondering what, th- uh, what this would come to. And we're like, what's going to happen now? Like, these guys have done all this stuff. We try to lock them up. What's going to happen now? Like, this is like a cartoon, right? This is like Roadrunner stuff. Like, they're the Roadrunner. We're the coyote. Every time we do something, we get blown up with dynamite. Like, what's happening? And someone, verse 25, circle verse 25. I want to be this guy. If we ever do this for like, like a Christmas pageant or something, like I, I want to be this guy. Okay, does the senior pastor get any privileges? High esteem of any? Like, I want to be this guy in the Christmas pageant of this, right? And someone came and told them, hey, hey, look, look. The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. Look over here. You know, I just want to be that guy because that would be a really fun part to play. All right. Then the captain, the captain's going this time. He's not leaving it up to the officers. He doesn't want good, bad news. He wants like straight it up. Like I'm going. The captain with the officers went and they brought them. Underline this, but not by force. For the, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. You know, this time they're like, hey guys. Guys, can we get a second? I know you're preaching the word. I know it's really important. I get it. Yes, thanks. Thank, thanks for doing that. Appreciate it. Um, could, could we just, just a second with you privately? We need to talk to you privately. Just come on over. Okay, yep. Um, guys, um, you have a court date today. I don't know if you knew that, but I'm going to need you to come with us. Would you be willing to come with us to the court date yeah, sure, we'll do it. Yeah, okay, thanks. Come on, come on, let's go. Hey, you know, you can preach later. No, no, that's good, later. All right, so he brings them in. You know, it's like real nice, real nice. Afraid of getting stoned. Peter must have go, well, we'll be back, we'll be back. All right, just, just give us a second. All right, goes to the hearing. Verse 27. Can you just imagine the protection? I wrote that down in the margin there, Protection how protected they were by the Holy Spirit right there. What great protection. Thanks God. Thanks for getting us out. Thanks for (laughs) letting them speak nice to us. Verse 27. And when they had brought them, 
they set them before the council. I'm going to say it's in the midst because that's what it was said before. They, they, they brought them in there and they're like, hey, these guys. And, and the high priest questioned them. Now, when you read the word and you read something like they question them, you're, you're, you're taking at face value. You're like, they're going to question them, right? But if you keep reading, then you're like at a crisis of understanding because this doesn't really seem like a question. Let, let me read it. We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, this name. They won't even say the name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem. You're trying to get control of Jerusalem with your teaching. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Is that a question? Somebody tell me if that's a question. That's not a question. That's a statement. <laughs> so isn't it true sometimes we do that? Sometimes we're like, we don't know the whole truth, but rather than admitting we don't know the truth and asking a question, I am the worst at this. I am the world's worst at this. I think I know everything, right? So I don't, I don't ask questions. I just tell fact. I'm just like, this is how it is. This is what your heart's doing. This is what you're thinking right now. I'm grieved by that. Right? Like you don't know. You don't really know the situation unless you listen to understand. Right? These guys think they got it all figured out. They're in charge. But they need to listen. They need to ask some questions and they need to listen to understand. Now, this, this, this phrase here, I just want to say this to you because this is really astounding. You intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Now, I want you just to look at this first from Matthew chapter 27, right? So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Do you remember that? You remember that story? Maybe you saw the passion of the Christ. Do you remember that? He's washing his hands. Okay, here's the next verse. And all the people answered. Do you think these guys were in with that? Yeah, I think the Sanhedrin were probably in the front row. All right, because they like the high places. Okay, and all the people answered, his blood be on us and our children. Yeah, we'll take his blood. Put it right on us and our children. And now they're like, you're trying to put his blood on us. Like if that isn't like some kind of weird thing, like there's adrenaline of the moment. Yeah, do whatever. Ah. And then there's like the reality of the decision. No, we don't want his blood on us. Are you kidding me? I think you might want to think about that. But Peter and the apostles answered, did you have any doubt? Was there any doubt? No, I didn't have any doubt. No, I knew they were going to answer. We, but I didn't know what they were going to answer. And this is pretty powerful. Look at it closely. Maybe, maybe circle this. If you circle nothing else, we must obey God rather than man. The God of our, but, but they didn't just stop right there, right? You know how they've been using brevity? They could just, we must obey God rather than man. They could have just stopped right there, period. Okay. 
but they wanted to explain what that meant. Here's what it means. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. That's the cross. God exalted him at his right hand. Right hand is a place of authority and honor and power as leader. That word leader there means author, founder, originator. God's doing a new thing. Hey guys, same old God, God you worship, but he sent Jesus and now he's doing a new thing. Don't miss it. Do you know that? Have you grown up in, how many of you guys have grown up in the church? Raise your hand if you went to the church before you were five years old. All right. You know, that's great. I learned some stuff about Jesus before I was five. I had a lot of Bible stories. You know what I mean? I was told what was right and what was wrong. But that's not what saves you. Do you get that? I mean, there's the God of our fathers and there's the scriptures and there's these things and there's tradition and they're all good. But you know what? Unless you get to the main thing, to the point, Jesus Christ came to change it all. Okay? It's no longer abiding by the law. It's no matter do this, do that, do this, do that, or you're out. It's now you're out. You're out. I don't care what church you grew up in. I don't care what you did to get in. You're out. That's what Jesus says. And there is one way to get in. One. And don't take your pastor's word for it. Don't take some priest's word for it. Don't take some preacher's word for it that you heard when you were five. Take the word of God's word for it. All right? There's one way. Guess whose way that is? It's God's way. Through Jesus Christ. Right? I was a sinner. I realized I'm a sinner. I needed to repent. I repented of my sin. I'll have to do that again tomorrow. Right? It's not like a one-time deal repentance. But I repented of my sin, and in repenting of my sin, I received the grace of God. It's God's grace. It's not my good. It's God's grace. I received the grace of God by faith. Sin, okay? Repent. Grace, faith. That's the gospel in four words. Sin, we all are. Repent, we all need to. Grace, it's free. Faith, receive it. That's the way, the truth, the life. That's how you get to Jesus Christ. If you're trusting something else, someone else, I pray, just like these guys were trying to convince these religious leaders who thought they knew it all and working a budge on this, I'm trying to say to you, Awaken yourself to what it means. Jesus is the leader. He's the founder. He's creating a new thing and he's the savior of the world. And to give, underline that word give, God the Father is giving repentance to Israel and they are slapping it in the face. They're like, we don't need to repent. How are you acting? 
How are you acting about this repentance thing? He's given us repentance and forgiveness of sins. How do we act towards that? Are we like, I don't need to repent. I'm doing pretty good. There's times my wife says to me, man, you got to say you're sorry. I don't want to do that. And then you step back and look at it and you're like, man, I need to do that. I need to do that. To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses, literally martyrs. We're willing to die guys to these things and for these things. And so is the Holy spirit. He's a witness with us whom God has given to those who obey him. God has given the Holy spirit to those that admit they're a sinner and embrace through repentance, the, the gift, right? God has given the Holy spirit to those who by faith have obeyed Jesus Christ. Let's, let's read the rest here. Verse 33. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. This word enraged is fun. It's, it's, it's a complete and utter meltdown. They came unglued. Have you ever seen that before? Husbands? Have you ever seen your wife do that? Come on now. Wives, I know you've seen, I don't even have to ask you. I know you've seen your husband do that at least once or twice in your life. And it isn't pretty. You ever seen your boss do that? You ever seen a friend go bazonkers? Right? That's what's happening. They're like so lit up. But a Pharisee, not a Sadducee, Pharisees believe in the resurrection from the dead. Pharisees believe in miracles. So Gamaliel is a little bit different, even though he's liberal. Um, But a Pharisee in the council, the Sanhedrin, named Gamaliel. Interesting, Gamaliel trained Paul. Just a good tidbit for the rest of Acts. A teacher of the law held in high honor by all the people stood up. Even the Sadducees were like, we're not going to refute this guy. He knows his stuff stood up and gave orders to put the men outside a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. You want to kill them? Why don't you just wait a second? You see God's protection in this, even though this guy is way screwed up. Watch how screwed up he is for. He's going to compare Jesus Christ to two insurrectionists. From before these days, for before these days, Thutis, he needs to get a new name, rose up claiming to be somebody and many, a number of men, about 400 joined him. He was killed and all who followed him were dispersed. So, and it came to nothing. So I'm like lacking the point. So why don't we kill these guys? No, the point is Jesus is already dead. This is going to be nothing. He's like, this is nothing. You're making too big a deal out of this. This is nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. 
He too perished. Doesn't say how he died, although Josephus will fill you in if you want to go read it. And all who uh, f- followed him were scattered. So when the leader dies, what happens? Everybody else goes, ah, who cares? Right? So he's proving a point. It usually happens like this. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let it alone. It's almost like the Holy Spirit's speaking through this guy, even though he's really screwed up, trying to compare Jesus to like simple men. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. I will just tell you that. It will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. It just is. And even this guy knows it. He's not in the church. You might even be found opposing God. Whoop. So they took his advice. Now, when I read that, so they took his advice, I'm thinking, man, these guys are getting off scot-free. Aren't you thinking that? Don't read any farther. I mean, because it ain't going to turn out like that. So they took it as advice. What was his advice? Let's just get clear. What was his advice? Keep away. Let them alone. So they took his advice. I mean, this is just screwed up. So they took his advice. And and, and, a little parentheses like on the side, I guess. And when they had called the apostles in, they beat them. That's 39 lashes. They wouldn't beat them 40 times. And charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. That's how, that's how they let them go. That's how, that's, oh, that was the advice they followed. They let them go. But the other stuff was on the side, I guess, because that, that wasn't really his advice. They're like, we're going to beat them and we're going to make this thing go away because Jesus is dead and these guys are going to scatter after we do this. We don't have to kill them. We don't have to get any more blood on our hands. Can you think passion of the Christ? Can you think about that beating? That was gruesome. That's what they did to these guys. That's what they did to the followers of Jesus Christ. What do you think their response is going to be? Oh me, oh my. Oh, we can't do it anymore. I don't know. Look at verse 41 and let it be a testimony to us of how we should respond when the world persecutes us because anybody who calls Jesus Christ Lord will be persecuted. That is the truth. Then they left the presence of the council. (laughs) They were filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) How do you know? Because they were rejoicing. Circle that. They were rejoicing that they were counted worthy Can you believe it? We're worthy to be like Jesus. They think we're a threat. We're not threatening. Try Jesus. To suffer dishonor for the name. Who's the name? Jesus Christ is the name. There is no other name. Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching the Christ is Jesus. Gamaliel, you got a problem on your hands, brother. Because nothing scattered and nothing changed. And they didn't touch him. Right? Just think about it. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. You can tell me to shut up. You can beat me. 
You can lock me up in jail. But at the end of the day, the word will go out. Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? I mean, that's what we're in for. That's what we're going to do. That's what we signed up for. Let me encourage you with just three brief words of encouragement for believers. Here they are. One, I am contagious because of the Holy Spirit's power. Do you know that? We talked about contagiousness a couple weeks ago, but you are contagious because of the Holy Spirit's power. The signs, the wonders, the healings. These guys were afraid of the people and they're afraid of you. The world's afraid of you because you have the Holy Spirit in you. We're not scared of death. We're alive in Christ. And that is contagious. No fear, bold, full of love. It's contagious. This next thing, I am covered with the Holy Spirit's protection. Do you know you're covered? You're covered with the blood of Christ. You're covered with the Holy Spirit's protection. That ought to make you go out there and tell somebody about Jesus Christ, right? That ought to make you just go be bold and contagious and courageous. You're covered by the Holy Spirit's protection. The angel opens the doors in verse 19. Not by force, verse 26, Gamaliel stood up and basically was playing defense attorney for guys he didn't even believe with. It's crazy how the Holy Spirit protects his people to get the word out. And then this, I am controlled by the Holy Spirit's presence. I am controlled by the Holy Spirit's presence. I'm not filled with jealousy or envy. Not, that's a statement, isn't it? Don't we get jealous of other people? Maybe, maybe you're like, oh, I'm jealous of those that are going to harvest you. Really? The Holy Spirit's just as thick here as it is there. Right? I mean, just think about that now. Like you have the Holy Spirit. He's controlling you. It's his presence. You can live in victory today. Right now. More than conquerors, it says in Romans 8. Matter of fact, let me just uh, refer you to Romans 5 through 8. Why don't you write that down? Romans 5 through 8. Some of the most encouraging scriptures in all of the, of the word Go read Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8. And by the time you're done reading that, you will be standing like this, right? Because we are more than conquerors through the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the conclusion. The church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. So here's the conclusion. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Filled with the Holy Spirit, the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. So I know what you're thinking right now. I want to be filled. I want to be filled, right? And isn't that what you're thinking? Dude, I want to be unstoppable. I want to run through a brick wall. <laughs> you know, I... I want to be filled. How can I be filled? All right? Just wrap up, put it away. 
And let me tell you how you can be filled. Number one, confess all known sin, right? This is it. And you should do this often. Filling every day, right? Get up in the morning, confess all known sin. Be specific about it. When I looked at that person that way, when I thought about that person that way, when I judged that person that day, right? Be specific right now in your own mind. What, what is it in you that's holding you back? What sin do you have? If you don't know, ask somebody near you. They'll tell you. They can see it when you can't. Trust me, my wife's pointed out several things this week and she could see it and I can't. It's healthy. Listen, men, to your wives. Women, listen, ask your husbands. Ask your small group leader. Confess all known sin. One, okay, you got it? All right, then ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. All right, and I would just, just if, you, if you would, either I'm asking to be filled by the Holy Spirit for the first time. I want to be saved today. Or I need the filling again today. I'm just asking that you just, just put your hands open right in front of you. Just as a symbol of I'm willing, I'm willing, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. If you're willing to, I just ask you just to like, just, just put your hands out and ask God, God, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then this, believe that you have been filled. Believe. I'll read this first for you. Luke eleven thirteen says, If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You have a daddy? Daddies usually give good gifts. Right? Most of the time. Not all the time. Most of the time. And they're evil. And they're evil. Right? They're sinners. Every one of them. Our Heavenly Father promises to give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. I'm asking. Let's stand. And let's ask Him. If you would, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, if you want Him to fill you up, I just ask you to put your hands in front of you and just ask. God, we're here and we're asking you. We're asking you to fill us up with the Holy Spirit. God, we see the power of the Holy Spirit. We see the protection of the Holy Spirit. We feel the presence, God, in worship. I just felt your presence. Thank you, Lord. And God, we ask that you would fill us now again And God, I ask that you would fill certain people in this room who are holding out their hands for the first time saying, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I know I'm a sinner. I want to repent. I'm asking God. I'm confessing my sin. I believe that God is gracious, that he rose Jesus from the dead, that he he rose in victory over death, and that he lives for me. I believe that. By faith, I receive it. God, thank you. Thank you for good gifts. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've asked and we believe that he is here in us and now through us. By your grace, in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.